We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always by my co-host, Nick Filato. We are getting awfully close to the 2021 NFL Draft. I can't wait. It's a lot of fun every year for me. It's become a little more intense because I have multiple jobs going during it and riding on it, and I don't really even have a minute or second of time. I feel like last year during the draft, and this was before I moved into the new position at CBS, I probably slept like two hours each of those nights. So I anticipate something similar, but it's okay. We'll probably be giving you guys later recordings than you're probably hoping for or expecting for, but that's just the reality with my job. Um, But otherwise, I'm really excited to get there. We're finally almost there. I know you're getting excited, Nick. We're both kind of, not antsy, I wouldn't say the word is, but just like ready for it, I think. Not not to say we've gotten through all the players we want to get to or anything like that, but it's just such an exciting time, and I can't wait to see who the Giants draft, how the entire thing unfolds, everything of that nature. But anyway, Nick, give the listeners a little update on the life of Nick Flotto. Anything new, anything good going on? I'm just excited for the NFL draft, man, to be honest. I mean, I love going through a lot of these players. I, I kind of wish I got to some more, to be honest, but it is what it is working for Big Blue View and Sports Illustrated, trying to kind of balance multiple different things. But the end of the day, end of this month, what is it? Less than three weeks now. So, I mean, that, <laughs> it's going to get here really fast. Yeah. And I feel like we've gotten through a whole lot of players. If you look back at the podcast feed, because I know there are still a lot of people who are new to the show and just kind of fell into it or found it if you look back you can go all the way back and i mean all the way back through these shows to the point where we were talking about players who asante samuel jr someone who the giants probably aren't going to take that (laughs) was in february earlier in february we had gregory rousseau i think that was no that wasn't even the earliest we had all the way back to january you'll find our first ever 
player profile for the draft. It was Quiddy Pay, who now actually is kind of working his way back into the potential mix for the Giants at 11 overall. Not a player I want them to take, but a player who's been talked about. And we got J.C. Horn, Jeremiah Owusu-Karamoa. So a lot of players, if you want to dig back and find all the profiles we did, go all the way back to January in the podcast feed and you'll find them. But today we are talking about Tevin Jenkins, the big nasty old might i add old which we'll talk about soon if anyone cares about that six foot six 310 pound offensive tackle prospect out of oklahoma state jenkins is a guy who has garnered a lot of buzz during draft season he started out maybe not so hot on people's lists maybe not so high on people's lists but as we work our way through it seems likelier and likelier that he'll no longer be one of those potential value plays at the top of round two and more likely an end of or middle maybe even round one draft pick so let's start with the strengths here nick when working through his film what were some of the strengths you saw in Tevin Jenkins's game? Strength is a very apt word when it comes to Tevin Jenkins, and I actually think a big reason why people are really starting to come around on him as they watch his film, it's because he legit just dominates some of the top edges in this class just because he is so strong. I mean, there's a clip that I'm sure a lot of people have seen of him driving Joseph Asai well into the boundary and into the sideline on a running play it was really really impressive and the guy is just an incredibly mean type of dude exceptional upper body strength that bullying type of attitude something that you you want to kind of construct in a lab you know those those really mean physical type of offensive linemen he just buries people really strong hands to control now he's not the longest has 33 and 3 8 inch arms but he's really quick to engage in his jump sets and stuff like that gets inside really really quickly and dictates the point of attack to kind of overcome the lack of elite arm strength the threshold i guess you could say technically would be 33 inches but 33 and 38 that's not something that's really great when you look at guys like andrew thomas matt parrot who are up there you know 36 in the mid 35s but honestly dan jenkins he's solid coming off the ball engaging defenders at the point he explodes low to high raises the center of gravity of defenders while showing a solid ability to kind of fit his hands while engaging his lower body strength to churn his legs and just move bodies off the line of scrimmage has good balance climbing to the second level on those deuce blocks and he just kind of paves defenders out of the way for those first level down blocks when he's dr- blocking down on the three technique or something like that to kind of open a hole with uh just right outside of that B gap into the C gap. Before you move on there, don't you think that makes him potentially a nice fit for what the Giants want to do in the run game? Yeah, I would say so, but I don't believe they're going to go the the tackle route. I think if they're going to go an offensive lineman, it's going to be somebody who might be a better transition to guard. But I mean, I don't think Tevin Jenkins is totally ruled out there. But when I look at two players in the draft, I think Rashawn Slater and then Elijah Vera Tucker are two players that I believe I think would be better fits fits than Tevin Jenkins. But I do, I just feel like Tevin Jenkins is going to be a guy who's going to go to like the AFC North and and just bully people up there, like a Pittsburgh Steelers type of team or something. But I mean, he's he's a good pass protector too. He, He may be a bit more natural as a run blocker but in pass protection I mean he has functional athletic ability to play tackle at the next level I don't think his range is quite elite but there's enough to cut off wide-angled rushers and Jenkins also does a good job with that outside arm keeps makes firm contact and then just kind of controls because he has excellent grip strength he's quick to employ a snatch and trap move which is something that you love to see a snatch and trap move is when a defender closes with on you he tries to make contact with you could say his outside hand and then you quickly just chop his wrist and break that contact and then fall on top of him it's kind of just like dominoes falling on top of each other and he does that really well i think he has the feet the foot speed to mirror i don't think it's the the best in the class but i think it's enough to to function at the nfl level 
Yeah, and speaking of that snatch and trap move, I remember watching some film breakdowns from, I believe it was Brandon Thorne, who showed early in the season that was a move Tristan Wirfs used really well in his transition to the NFL. Remember everyone said, Tristan Wirfs, he's going to have a tough transition. Is he long enough to play tackle? Well, these were the type of moves that helped him, I think, against certain types of pass rushers. Is that something you've seen from either the Giants' two young tackles, or is that something they kind of have other array of moves that they use more? Yeah, I saw more other moves and just Mm. kind of controlling at the point of attack. Not necessarily the snatch and trap. I think I saw it maybe twice from Andrew Thomas. I don't recall it from Matt Parrott as well. It's a little bit more of a nuanced move. You have to really trust your technique and have the balance and also just use excellent timing to execute that move because if you go to break the wrist and then you don't break the yeah, wrist and then he, and he keeps <laughs> and he keeps his hand on you then your balance is going forward and he can just swim you and then you're gone it's a move that is a little risky but has high upside and it looks excellent on tape when it works when it works yes. exactly but uh Jenkins also I mean when he uses that outside arm well like I said but he also uses the inside arm to protect himself to that side while not allowing defenders to kind of try and set up a counter move or a pass rushing move inside he's kind of quick to adjust to that and then wash the guy down the line of scrimmage if he has to and he's kind Constantly swatting the pass rusher's arms away with that free hand that he keeps up. Jenkins, I mean, I think he's very good at catching and controlling defenders' arms, their elbows, and their wrists. Whenever they try to initiate that contact, he can just catch them and then just push the arm up and then their center of gravity raises and it just looks very very sloppy and I also think he does a pretty solid job not allowing the edge rushers to dominate him in that half-man relationship. And uh, he also just absorbs contact well because he has a good anchor. He's stout at the point of attack. And I think he uses that driving catch technique to his advantage, which basically means he's playing through the ground and has a strong inside post leg or drive leg that slides well and stays square for the first few steps in a set while his outside or catch leg is getting to the set point embracing for contact offensive linemen can drive off that drive leg with purpose and violence generating pressure through the ground in a balanced manner this explosive purposeful drive off of that leg results in a violent catch with the opposite leg allowing for him to initiate contact from a position of power and balance it's kind of something i talked about with zach fulton when the Giants signed him he was terrible in with, with that type of technique in terms of pass protection whenever someone's trying to get it in his catch his feet were never necessarily set he wasn't playing using the ground as a foundation to play through your opponent. He wasn't doing any of those things. So when somebody made contact on him, it's not necessarily his functional strength, but it's his technique. They make contact and he gets put on skates because his feet aren't in the right place. I mean, footwork is huge in blocking. It's huge in pass protection. And I wouldn't say Jenkins is as smooth as someone like a Rashawn Slater or anything like that, but he has that with this physical bullying type of mentality. So that's definitely a combination that you like. As I said, I like his anchor, his ability to fit his hands inside and just the overall competitive toughness and physical toughness of this player I think he's going to be an interesting player who is kind of just scratching the surface hasn't necessarily reached his peak but could probably go at the end of round one to a team and I mean I I think the Giants would be interested but I think they would be more interested in some of the guys I I alluded to before yeah it's really interesting with a player like Tevin Jenkins who obviously we talked about he has the frame he's six foot six three ten although he doesn't have ideal arm length but he does have the frame came in as a three-star recruit didn't get many offers and he's 23 years old. That scares me a little bit, Nick. I'll be honest with you. The fact that he's 23 years old going up against these 18, 19, 20-year-old Big 12 edge rushers. And yeah, we talked about him doing well against some 
quote-unquote top edge rushers in this class but like I look at Joseph Asai and I see at best like a fourth round value prospect like he's not making an immediate impact in the NFL in my opinion he's at best going to be a situational pass rusher it's a really really weak edge class so I just actually have question marks that surround Tevin Jenkins competition level but the first question mark I would have that I want to get to before we break down his weaknesses would be just the overall thoughts on a prospect like this to me are one has he been, has he played in, in enough of an NFL-style offense to the point where, like, will we see him potentially be the next guy who struggles immediately trying to make that transition to the vertical sets he's going to be asked to do at the NFL level? Does he have the ability, do you think, to translate right away? Or are you going to see some issues? Like, even someone like Andrew Thomas, who was way, way, way more technically sound, I think, than Jenkins coming out had issues with the vertical set coming in, like we talked about. Those first seven games were a disaster. He gave up the inside move and he was trying to overcompensate for getting to the outside and not letting somebody get to his outside. And you said when you earlier when you were breaking down Jenkins, you said he has solid range, but it's not you know elite range as a pass protector maybe. So will that translate? Because again, he's not going to see Joseph Asai as like, just not going to be his best passer. You know, that's like at best his worst matchup will get all year, his easiest matchup will get all year, I should say. Yeah. So I saw him do a couple vertical sets and he was able to have solid range, like I said, but okay. you want better than solid range if you're going to probably select a tackle in the first round. So I did see reps where he was doing that against some wide rushers, but it wasn't something that he had to consistently do. Now, is that going to make you pause or anything? I, I saw that his ability to do it, and that's kind of what I look for on tape. Can he do it, and can he do it consistently? And at times he was asked to do it, I saw him be able to do it consistently unless it was wider rushers and that edge rusher had speed and got a good jump. But that Those are the times where he struggled to get to the top of the arc and then just shove right. the guy away. That's times where length can come into it as mm-hmm. well because what we talked about with you know Matt Parrott when they added him last year after the draft, we were like, look, Matt Parrott, he has those long arms. So even if he is... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Beat up the up the pass rushing arc, which he has the footwork and the mirroring ability to keep up because he's so quick. He can just use those like 36 plus inch arms to just shove the guy around Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones steps into the pocket. Tevin Jenkins has 33 plus inch arms. So he doesn't have that to lean back on. But I also don't think, like I still believe this is a first round player. I don't think it's a huge liability of him. He just wasn't asked to do it consistently at Oklahoma State. Sure. So let's dive in. And then I have some more questions regarding this prospect. Not all negative, just questions and things that I'd like to dive into. Before we do that, let's break down the weaknesses you saw on film from Tevin Jenkins. And before we do even that, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. 
Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. When he played Oklahoma this past year, there was a very uncharacteristic rep against Ronnie Perkins that I believe somebody shared on Twitter. And he basically got long-armed by Ronnie Perkins and driven back into the pocket and put on his ass, which is something that <laughs> you just don't see. So that's like something that just made me be like, why the heck did that happen? But I, again, that's something that was more rare. Good on Ronnie Perkins to be able to do that. But some of the weaknesses, man, I alluded to a few of them. Uh, just before his lack of length lack of elite range something that you asked me about as well it may be susceptible to those wider pass rushers who are more speed based we see this in the nfl with guys who aren't as fleet of foot i also think he can lean at times while moving laterally in run blocks and i didn't think he was overly consistent scooping or getting to the outside shoulder of three techniques on backside of on the backside of outside zone blocks so i don't believe this is the end of the world or anything like that it's something to note he also didn't seem as apt to get his hat across the defender when kind of moving laterally as much it just wasn't something that was overly consistent could it be a footwork issue could it be just a lack of top end athletic ability i mean you you can draw those conclusions i don't necessarily think so uh because it wasn't overly consistent i just like i always do i try to be methodical with this and bring uh, a lot of context to the situation in terms of it, it happened on film now the leaning is something that you want him to kind of correct sometimes he could do it while he's moving laterally because a, veteran defender is going to see the lean grab cloth and just pull him to the deck so that's something i think that he could just work up on and I, i'm not overly worried about but uh again that lack of length some teams may view him as a guard to be honest yeah it's interesting especially because the giants are one team that can kind of at this point use a guard tackle type hot not hybrid but just someone with flexibility i feel like i think at this stage of their roster development yeah there's a lot of hope for matt parrott and i have it too and you have it too but there's also a chance he flames out and there's also a chance they're going to need another offensive tackle there's also a chance they're going to need another guard if shane lemieux doesn't progress the way they expect him to or will hernandez kind of flames out in his final chance with the giants this season so still a lot of uncertainties i think at both positions so i think that intrigues me a couple other notes on jenkins before i get into some more questions for you regarding him the potential fit for him where you know we might want to target him if we were thinking about the giants going and getting involved tevin jenkins was kind of one of those guys according to pro football focus that was a much better run blocker than pass blocker in 2020 he had a 93.6 run block grade but only a 76.3 pass block grade and an 84.4 true pass set grade i don't think he was asked to do that too often at oklahoma state obviously nick said he had did see a, a few reps some reps enough reps He's also a player who, like I mentioned before, is 23 years old on draft day. He was a redshirt senior. 
in my mind, there are some concerns with somebody that old with the with just from the idea of this is a guy who most notably impressed people with his play strength at the collegiate level. And when you're 23 years old going against 18, 19 year olds, sometimes your play strength, you can, it can make you look a lot stronger, I think, when you're playing kids and you're a, a more grown man, to be completely honest. And that's not going to be the case at the NFL level. He's going to be the opposite. He's going to be the youngest guy going against guys who have been in NFL training programs for years and stronger, faster, quicker players. Uh, a couple other things that concern me, not concern me, let's get into a couple of questions I had. When I hear a prospect like Jenkins, and obviously I have, I'm not saying I, I like Jenkins. Like I think it's pretty obvious he'd be a nice fit at some point for the Giants. But do you have any concern? Like how would you compare him to another player who you evaluated last year who ultimately went in round one? And that would be, um, why am I blanking on his name now? The, the Tennessee Titans first round pick. Isaiah Wilson? Isaiah, how would you compare him to a player like Isaiah Wilson who just yeah. on the surface yeah, level, it yeah. sounds like they can be somewhat similar prospects. I know they're not, but on the surface level, it's a big guy strength strong maybe not as quick with the feet that 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 type of thing yeah so i think tevin jenkins is far superior to isaiah wilson i remember isaiah wilson was getting first round buzz last year and you could probably dig this up on the podcast and i said i do not understand it whatsoever it just didn't make any sense to me because the guy never got inside he never he always tongued he never established his hands inside and dictated past uh, pass reps or, or run reps like that. He just used his broad shoulders basically to get in the way of people. And his footwork was trash too. And I'm not just saying this because this kid flamed out of the NFL yeah. already and blew all of his chances. And I ain't even going to bring up his character issues. But Isaiah Wilson never made sense to me at all, to right. be honest, and especially in the first round. Tevin Jenkins does make sense to me. I think there are some things that you just got to nitpick and talk about, but I don't believe they're nearly as concerning as someone like Isaiah Wilson, who, again, I didn't understand that pick then, and I'm pretty sure you can dig the receipts up on <laughs> yeah. that. I think we actually either talked about him pre or during the draft, like as one of the wrap-up shows where we said that was one of our bus picks. I'm pretty sure we said that was one of the worst values we thought of round one. I can't remember this for sure. Somebody might dig it up. Maybe I'll look back and try to dig it up. I'm pretty sure we, we landed on him as a potential bad value bus type. But so when compare those two, that's fair. I'm not going to ask you to compare those two. I will ask you this though, when it comes to projecting linemen to the next level, guys who are older in the big 12 and have potential issues now again you said it wasn't an issue for him on tape at the college level in in the big 12 that to me obviously and i know you agree with this i'm not saying you're saying the opposite but that to me means it's not a guarantee it won't be an issue on the next level when you're playing much better athletes pros etc etc so someone with footwork issues and not like footwork as far as technical goes but just not the quickest feet an older prospect dominated with strength at the big 12 level i tend to, and I'm curious where you stand on this, when it comes to projecting offensive linemen, I tend to like the guys with more nimble feet who are quicker, the, you know, the Matt Parrott types over kind of these big mauling type of, at least at the tackle position, I would say. Guard, it's a little different when you're on the interior. How do you feel about a guy, how do you feel, I guess, about his footwork translating to the next level? Yeah, I don't think it's, again, I don't think it's elite. I think it's something that he's going to be able to get by, but he's going to have to really know how to execute his hand, uh, his angles and use his hands up that arc and okay. not be overly aggressive and lean and do those things. And it's not something I saw too much on his film in terms of pass protection. So he just needs to be a bit disciplined. I'm not saying he's not disciplined at the Big 12, but you just need to be more disciplined in the NFL because you're facing a much better athlete, right. people who are quicker, since you kind of have to overcompensate a little bit for the fact that you don't have elite range. But again, 
it's not elite, but it's not terrible either. It's it's NFL range, so I don't want to misconstrue that. And also, Tevin Jenkins, I mean, he's had his pro day too, and he ran a 4.9640, which was really, really impressive for him, and he jumped 32 and a half inches in the vert, and then he did, showing off his play strength, functional strength, 36 reps of 225 pounds, which is really, really eye-popping. So he showed, hey, look, I am a good athlete, but I wanted to bring something up that you, that you mentioned before, Dan, the fact that he's a little bit older. He's 23 years old. One level of concern I think I would have is he's somewhat of a late bloomer at right. Oklahoma State. Like 2020 was kind of his year, you know what I mean? And that is something where it's like, like you said, a tackle who really relies on strength and it's kind of his eye-popping trait would be his strength. He's 23, kind of hit his stride in 2020. There's a lot of things that you can kind of connect there and be like, is this going to translate to the next? I still consider I still consider him somebody who would be picked in the top 32. I don't know if I, I didn't necessarily do grades on everybody because I didn't grade everybody in this class. I don't know if he would have a first round grade for me, but I do like the player. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I would take him in the top 32. I think that's a good spot for him somewhere I would rather not be this wouldn't be a player and I'll get to where you stand in a second this probably wouldn't be a player that I would like if they traded back into the teens range I'd probably have other players I have higher on the board overall I mean I'd rather Vera Tucker who might be there personally I just think he's going to be a better player even if he has to play guard and there's other guys not just that offensive tackle and offensive guard type position he played right tackle his entire career at um Oklahoma State so I guess if you were the Giants and you drafted him long-term fit might be right tackle might be I guess you said potentially he can move inside the guard but that would be um and I'm sorry he didn't play right tackle his entire time at Oklahoma State he had some snaps at left tackle but the majority were at right tackle guard he had zero snaps that would be a projection you're right in what you said he had a 70 according to pro football focus he had a 78.8 grade in 2018 up that to 85.7 in 2019 and then broke out with that 92.0 grade according to them, at least, in 2020. They actually have a nice comparison for him, Marcus Cannon, who would be the Giants to get Marcus Cannon on their roster. That would be excellent. But I do have a question about a criticism I saw, actually from Pro Football Focus, and I'm curious if you saw this, if you put anything, before we get on to like, where he might fit with the Giants, if you saw this, if you care about this, where you think... They, they said that when watching his film that he faced a lot of three-man pass rushes just based on how teams defended Oklahoma State's offensive system and what they put out there on offense. That would be a little bit of a concern for me if he's just not really facing too many true pass rushes of four, five, six guys. Is that something you notice or is that kind of bollyhood and not not a big concern for you? He did face three-man rushes, I would say, probably more than, than normal. But at the same time, I've seen him pick up blitzes and do stunts and be pretty seamless on those kind of transitions so uh, it's not something that I, I weigh in too much into his evaluation because I have seen him sure take those vertical sets get out to the edge against wide rushers pick up stunts coming from the inside locate blitzers and, and locate and make them pay especially if they were defensive backs because he's a he's a beast in that area so it's not something that I that I knock him for it's not his fault that that's what it was but again kind of like what we said like what you brought up before not taking as many vertical sets there's not as much tape doing this it's something that you weigh into the evaluation you see if his yeah. traits can kind of translate to to do doing those things and like i said i think his traits as a tackle can translate to those but there are guys in this class that are like better than him sure all right let's start to talk about potential fits would you take tevin jenkins at 11 overall for the giants no okay how would you compare him to two players you already said you would take at 11 overall in 
in Panay Sewell and in um, Rashawn Slater. A lot of people I respect have Tevin Jenkins over Rashawn Slater. I do not. I would probably have Tevin Jenkins. I, I still got to watch a couple of more tackles, but right now my number one and two is Sewell Slater, and it's probably going to be a little bit of distance, and I think I would have Vera Tucker over Tevin Jenkins right now, somebody I, I watched a while ago, and I still kind of want to get to some more of his film since it's been a while since I've seen Vera Tucker, but I did like Vera Tucker. I thought it was a little bit cleaner than Tevin Jenkins. And Christian Darasaw, another player who I think I haven't seen could yet. very well be ahead of Tevin Jenkins in my mind at least, um, and we'll see where everybody, where that ultimately ends up playing. I mean, I think there's a really good chance this this draft could have five or six offensive linemen, ta- offensive tackle types taken in the first uh, round of this draft, which is interesting to say the least. I mean, I think teams are going to wise up to just how strong this class is at the top um, and how important the position is. But yeah, so teardrop, you would say, before between Slater, Sewell's of the world, and then the um, Tevin Jenkins of the world. I would say yes, that's definitely a teardrop for me at least. Is he someone you would want to trade back for and then target in the mid-teens or maybe in a range a little further back? See, the thing is, I, I just think I'm going to want other players in that range. Like, if the mm-hmm. Giants were to do that, which I don't really think they're going to, because like we said, guard is something that maybe he can do. Maybe they think they could teach him, but he hasn't shown. Yeah. Vera Tucker has shown that he can right. do that. Same with Rashawn Slater, though. Can he do it? But Rashawn Slater, I mean, he's, he's a little smaller than Tevin Jenkins. He's not as strong as Tevin Jenkins, but the way he moves just yeah. really makes you like want to put him there. And we also haven't seen him in a season as well. But if the Giants were to do that, if they trade back, man, I'm looking for them maybe, unless like somebody ridiculous falls, I'm looking for them maybe to pick that edge if they trade back and get their number one edge if they feel that that edge is is worthy of that selection. Depending on who's around, though. I mean, you would need I would need to know who's around, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think here's my another question I have for you when it comes to Devin Jenkins. I think a lot of the time what I like to do when it comes to projecting these players to the next level is look for standout traits because standout traits, elite traits, I can call them, whatever you want to refer to them as, in my mind, give a prospect a better chance of translating. If he can be really, really, really good at one thing, something to the point that he'll be immediately be better or at the level of elite or, you know, above average Pro Bowl type NFL players, I think it gives them a better chance to win than like the guys like, you know, I don't know, the guys who are pretty good at everything or the guys who are look pretty good at everything at college. So I think we went over it with Slater. We went over it with Sewell. With Slater, it's that elite explosiveness off the snap. It's that elite footwork. Is there an elite trait you see with a player like Tevin Jenkins? It would be his play strength. It Would be. Would his... that be elite, though, when you factor in that he's 23 going against the Big 12? That's the thing. That's the, uh, I guess, the crux of the situation, if you will. Because is that going to translate to the NFL? Maybe not initially, but I mean, can yeah. he still get stronger? Yeah, he can. He's 23. I mean, he's still going to grow into his body and everything like that. He's going to get into an NFL weight room, which everyone loves to kind of cliche and throw it around. Right. But I, I do believe that that would be his elite trait if he had one was just that, his physicality and his mentality and just his willingness to just bury your soul into <laughs> the football field. That's, I mean, that all sounds fun. I, I love it. It's just a matter of will it translate, I guess. Yeah, I don't believe he's going to kind of step in here and just bury J.J. Right. Watt. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There's going to be a little bit of a learning curve there, to be honest. But there are he also is very good with his hands, and he's also effective – in pass protection, as a run defender, takes good angles. I, like I said, he leans a little bit when on those stretch zones and those outside zones. But I think on a power gap, just blocking down, right. he could be fine. If on the G, well, not even the G lead, but when they pull, sometimes depending on the defensive front, the guard and the tackle on play side runs, he can kick out into space. I don't think he's going to be as fluid 
or as as good as someone like a Penny Sewell or Rashawn Slater in those areas. But he is somebody where if you're in his vicinity, if you're within his arm uh, range and he gets a hold of you, he's probably going to toss you. And that's even NFL corners and NFL safeties because he's very, very good at locating and then just exploding. He just doesn't have the high-end athletic ability as some of those other two tackles that we just uh, mentioned. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, the strength can definitely translate. Like you said, 36 bench press reps at his pro days eye-opening it's eye-popping stuff i just um these players always concern me a little bit with the sense of will they translate because that athleticism when athleticism and feet are not your issue but they're not elite it sometimes i think can lead to some potential busts at the next level we'll see if that's the case here i'm not saying he will be i think he's a top 32 prospect and a round one prospect so speaking of if for some reason he doesn't go in the first 32 picks which i don't think is impossible in my mind at least is he a player you would want the giants to pull a landing collins from 20 whatever that was that 2016 or was that 2015 2016 and trade up into the top of round two from 42 to you know give up maybe next year's second or a third this year or something like that to get this player on the roster it would not be to be honest not for me i, I think me there were there will be other teams that may be willing to do that but the giants i feel like aren't in a position with six picks two of them being six round picks to be yeah. trading a lot of their uh, picks in the later rounds or even next year's draft capital at the moment for someone like Tevin Jenkins and someone who's a projection at guard somebody who right you already have Matt Parrott there you have Nate Solder as a security blanket for the tackle position so that wouldn't be something that I would want Dave Gettleman to do I'm with you on that one I actually I'm coming out with an article for CBS Sports shortly I guess after this airs it will be my five-step plan for the perfect Giants draft one of my steps is actually going to be look to do whatever you can to trade back from 42 i actually don't necessarily want them to trade from 11 i'd actually this year the rare year i'm not as interested in trading back from 11 because i think with these quarterbacks it's going to be a really good chance to get one of the best players in the class at 11 but 42 seems to me like a really nice spot to trade back from so i'm with you i wouldn't trade up for tevin jenkins i think that's all we have on jenkins is there anything else you want to wrap up with there nah he's really strong if you watch some of his highlights you'll really like him yeah (laughs) for sure definitely a strong player definitely an interesting player um we'll see what happens and where he goes in this draft i don't think it'll be in a range the giants will be picking in but thanks to everyone again for listening into the podcast and thank you to everyone who takes the time to rate and review the podcast we're all the way up to 533 ratings on uh on itunes if you can if you want to do us a favor and help us out the one thing we'll ask one thing we'll always ask is please head over to itunes make sure you subscribe to the podcast first that's step one Step two would be make sure you download every podcast. Don't just hit play. If you download, that helps us immensely. And then hit that rating review button. Give us a five-star. Write up what you like about the show. Or better yet, drop a question there. If you drop any question there, I will do my best to make sure it is read and answered on this show. So start by doing that. The second thing to do to help us would be head over to Instagram. On Instagram, you can find us at NYBigBlueBanter. That's NYBigBlueBanter. Hit that follow button. I promise you, you'll enjoy this account on Instagram. I promise you that the process of what Instagram is and what it's all about, which is essentially just scrolling mindlessly through, I do it too, way more than I'd like to. It's great to see this type of content. It's fun. We put up polls. We put up engagements. We put up new episodes. We put up all sorts of stuff, film breakdowns occasionally, and that will come more. So head over to there. Instagram, that's NYBigBlueBanter. Then lastly, if you want to talk to us and chop it up with us and talk some football, head over to Locker Room on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's the Locker Room app. I have tweeted the link, the link, I should say, endlessly. I will continue to tweet it before and during the shows. But if you want to find it now, type, ser- type the search, uh, get into the search feature of your app store 
and go ahead and type in locker room and you'll find it there. Otherwise, have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.